Uh-huh. Welcome to the lowdown. Today's show, Oilers v. Bruins, was my favorite game all year. And I think we can agree that Ryan Nugent Hopkins is an important part of the... Wait a minute. This just in? No, he's not. Oh, I, did, I didn't know. Apparently, Nuge was the problem last night. You know what? I've decided. I'm going to have the dad talk with you today. I, I, I'm sorry. The foot is coming down. You're going to get the dad talk. That's coming up. You can reach us at sports1440.ca, iHeartRadio, Radio Player Canada, Apple and Spotify podcasts after the fact. You can text or call us at 1-833-401-1440. We're brought to you by Wolf GMC Buick on the corner of 184th Street and Stony Plain Road. Hurry in for financing as low as 0%, cash discounts, and more on remaining 2023 Sierra Half Tons, plus cash discounts on remaining GMC and Buick SUVs. WolfGMCBuick.com. We're on Twitter at Low Tide, at Donovan Paulson, and at Declan Kruger. We begin our show by saying hello to these young gentlemen who have brilliant careers. Uh, we're hoping in radio, but maybe insurance. Uh, we start by saying hello to you, Declan. Hello, how are you, sir? So I'm very well. If you, do you have a bad, my dad always had have a backup plan. What's your backup plan? Ooh, my backup plan is probably being a criminal prosecutor. Okay. Yeah, if this doesn't work out, I'll I'll take the easy route and go into criminal law. I believe you could do exactly one half of your job description. Being a criminal? Yes. Yeah. I thought you might peg me for that. <laughs> Donovan, what about you? Uh, you know what? My uh, I started my schooling journey as a business student. So realistically, I could either go back to business or my backup plan is uh, being a realtor. I have no idea how sure. realistic that is for mm. myself, but <laughs> so when, you can see in his eyes, he's sure. just saying jobs. Exactly. <laughs> this guy has no I'd like clue. to be, I'd like to make pencils. Uh, so when you say business, are you talking about like owning a business or are you talking about taking your, your, uh, Torino uh, and a guy in the trunk and driving him out to the middle of the desert kind of business. Uh, I was thinking like kind of Better Call Saul esque. Okay, um, that that would be my style kind sure. of kind of business. Yeah. I kind uh, of a handler. Yeah, yeah. I, I was thinking I could uh, kind of meander my way through some through some uh, criminal activities. Sure. Maybe uh, I think you and Declan yeah. could get together on that. I, you know? I think we could start a business together. Yeah. Sure. Well, Ty, the real question is, because let's be face it, the jury's still out on this whole radio thing for you. <laughs> so what's your backup plan? That's the real question. Listen, I, I, I remember when I was a kid, I remember my dad describing to me his work life. He was a farmer. He was in the war. He was an edgerman in the sawmill. And then he worked for Husky and CN, each of them, a difficult, laborious job. And I said, Dad, I don't want to do that. Uh, my goal was always to never lift anything heavy. And I'm almost there. I'm, I'm almost there, boys. Our guest today, Bag Milk from Oilers Nation, drop in to give us a view of last night's game. And what's wrong with Nuge? Why couldn't he win last night? Uh, I can't believe the text line. We're going to get to that. Wild and Flames play this weekend. Also, filmmaker Omar Malam is going to talk about his new film, and if you are, like, if you ever wanted to be a wrestler, like, ever, you've got to, you've got to, what's the name of the film? Declan? Making KFAB? Yes, yeah. Making KFAB. And so Omar Moalam is going to join us at 1220. We're going to talk about a passion of his, an interest of his, and what he discovered when he said, maybe I'll go look at, you know, see if anybody else is doing this kind of thing. Man, the torque on this story is huge, and it's going to be coming up, I think, tomorrow. We'll find out on CBC Gem. Okay, I'm going to give you the dad talk. Are you guys ready? 
I am so ready. Okay. Do you want to like don't don't do your arms like you know you're not listening or you know raise your eyebrow or roll your eyes. Don't worry. I'm gonna plug my ears. Okay. Enjoy this. You you're. You may not see this generation of Edmonton Oilers win the Stanley Cup, but you can still enjoy it. You know, there was a man named Norm Ullman who was born not quite 100 years ago, maybe 1935, and he went to the National Hockey League in the mid-50s. He just missed winning Stanley Cups with the Detroit Red Wings, played a lot of years with them, and then after the Toronto Maple Leafs stopped winning Stanley Cups, he went to the Leafs, and he played there. He actually played for the WHA Edmonton Oilers. Wonderful player. I remember him well. Pure scorer, good-looking fella, very popular, Hall of Fame career, didn't win a Stanley Cup. Now, in today's world, if Norm Ullman were playing for the Oilers and he was in his 17th year, everybody could not enjoy him. They'd go, well, Norm, you had a good career, but you didn't win a Stanley Cup. It was all for nothing. Should have stayed on the farm. You have to enjoy this. The The... Stanley Cup is not promised to Connor McDavid in Edmonton or to you as an Edmonton Oilers fan. The 80s Oilers were special and they were unique. But the, 20, the, the 2006 team was also really good and unique and deserves to be remembered fondly. I always talk about baseball teams winning pennants and I think we should reward pennants to NHL teams too. If you make the Stanley Cup final, you've done a wonderful job. You are a great team. And deserve to be remembered fondly. Enjoy these men. Enjoy these games like you saw last night. This could be the highest peak you see in your lifetime as an Oilers fan. I'm not saying they're not going to win a Stanley Cup. But I'm saying even if they don't win a Stanley Cup, games like last night are pure joy if you can allow yourself to not think about the Stanley Cup every night. Because you will drive yourself absolutely around the bend. And I think there's a lot of people. I'm reading online today on my blog. Like, well, Skinner again. Well, you know what? Both goaltenders had some wobble last night. And I don't know how on God's earth you're blaming Ryan Nugent Hopkins for last night's game. But the text line I was driving in. And all I heard was, well, Nuge belongs on the fourth line and, you know, Nuge sucks. And I'm like, he didn't even play last night, folks. And if he'd been out in overtime and Evander Kane had been on the bench, you might have had a different result. Let's be honest here. Leon Dreisaitl should have won that game in overtime on the power play. How on God's earth swim and made the stop? I don't know. But Skinner made great stops, too. And at the end of the day... Ryan McLeod and Evander Kane were out. I do not blame either man. I think that's on the coach. And the Oilers lost. There is no reason for you to rain down blows on Ryan Nugent Hopkins today. There's no reason for you to think, well, that's it. They can't win anything. These things are not true. And when you talk about Stuart Skinner being bad and not good enough, remember, the Oilers lost to Vegas last year in the playoffs because of two periods. Second period of Game 5, Philip Broberg and Matthias Janmark taking penalties. And the game turned on that. And then the second period of game six as well. So when you talk about what Stuart Skinner didn't do last year, let's talk about what he did do. He saved the team. Do you remember when they couldn't get a save and he came in and saved the season? And do you remember this year when they sucked and blew at the same time and he saved them again? So let's review because I think, you know what I think? I think in life, if you hang around negative people, 
then you become negative too. And there's a whole lot of negative people online who talk about the Edmonton Oilers every night. Well, this guy sucks. Okay, maybe he does for you. But the Edmonton Oilers recently went on a 16-game winning streak. Does anybody remember that? And since the All-Star break, they have had some wobble. You know, all teams have wobble. Every team in existence in a league that is competitive has some good areas and some bad areas. They have some slumps, and then they have some hot streaks. Enjoy this. This might be it. This might be the pinnacle. And every day, people sit around, and they grind and grind and grind themselves into a new fury. I, I can't believe people are blaming Ryan Nugent Hopkins for last night. Come on. You know, The Athletic today has a list of all the top pairings in the National Hockey League. Matthias Ekholm and Evan Bouchard are number six. And you know what? If they took it from November, mid-November, when Ekholm finally got healthy and Bouchard got rid of the yips, I think they would probably close to or at number one. Did you know that Connor McDavid is a great hockey player? Historically great hockey player? Do you know how good Leon Dreisaitl is? And I know Nuge isn't, you know, the best number one overall pick of his generation, but he's a hell of a hockey player. Do you know how unique Zach Hyman is and the year he's having? He's going to score 50. Corey Perry is 111 years old, and he has so many miles on him, he should be at the auto record, and yet he's not. He's playing hockey and playing well. Scored a goal last night. Evander Kane is not the player you wanted him to be last night. He's got a great shot. He's a big man. He's mobile. He's intimidating, and he's rugged. They have a unique group of players. Darnell Nurse, fantastic speed. They're a really good hockey club, but that's not necessarily good enough. You need luck, and you need a few times at the, at the opportunity, and they're going to get another one this year. So when, when you bring the negative, what it tells me is that's your mindset. Every night is the Stanley Cup. And it's too much pressure. It's too intense. You need to relax. I Look, this is a really good hockey club. I'm telling you that. And they might not win the Stanley Cup. That's a fact. This year or any year. But last night was a wonderful game. And I wrote about it on my blog, and I expected to be talking about it today. And I come in, and I was on the way in, as a matter of fact, and reading my blog this morning. Miles of negative. Oh, this guy. You know that if they get another guy, you're going to say, oh, this guy about that guy too, right? Okay. I've had my say. Wonderful game last night. Ekholm Bouchard, fantastic. I thought Corey Perry played well, and I want to just linger for a second and talk about what a strong game Warren Fogle had. That might be one of his best games. Did you see him power? Declan, that's like you going to the coffee machine for free coffee. Whoo! Is it ever? What a great comparison. Yeah, I thought he looked great on that top line. And I just want to circle back to something really, really quickly. And then I'll drop it. I do think there is something to be said for enjoying the ride. I do think there is something to be said for experiencing McDavid and Dreisaitl's greatness day in, day out. I do think there is something to be said for relevancy because I've said this before. The alternate 
is not a place you want to be. But when you have McDavid, when you have Dreisaitl, there are certain expectations. And an expectation has to be to win the Stanley Cup. It may not happen, but that's the harsh reality. And if you don't win, I do think everything is a letdown. You can enjoy the ride game, game in, game out. You can enjoy a good game like we saw last night, an exciting game, a fun game. But I still think it can be a disappointment at the end of the day. And I think that's what it's trending towards. Warren Fogle thought he played great, thought he looked like he was in a good spot in that top line. Very happy with his performance. Here's the deal. You can't play the Stanley Cup final in February. Uh, yes, for sure. So when you're talking about last night's game, cleaning stuff up, you bet. Doing better, you bet. But when people are hammering Ryan Nugent Hopkins, who wasn't even in the game, and when people are talking about Stuart Skinner, well, he's awful. Stuart Skinner was brilliant for a long time in this season, and he was last year too. Do you want to talk about a better backup? We have time for that. But I don't think you abandon Stuart Skinner. And I think that Edmonton Oilers fans are, are at least a lot of them, or the, maybe the most vocal of them, are simply never going to be happy. When they win a Stanley Cup, the next day, somebody's going to say, well, it should have been the fourth Stanley Cup. They blew it. So against those odds, I, I consider that to be, you know, as credible as people can be when they talk about things. The past is the past, and if you are still holding the orders to the 1980s orders, and I think that's the case, I think people did want five Stanley Cups, and every day is a day to rue every day, then I think it's too much. I think it's too much pressure for fans, and certainly for the Edmonton Oilers team. They can't win five Stanley Cups, they can't hit a nine-run home run, and they simply cannot win the Stanley Cup in February. I agree. I think that is a pedestal they're being put on that is unfair and undeserved, and I, I completely agree. When they're compared to those Oilers teams of past, I think it's well within reason to not expect them to not, not expect them to become that team because that team was such an anomaly, but I do still think there's some to be said for the talent you have here. A generational player, maybe the most talented we've ever seen. I do think something has to be one in this organization with him there. Do you think he's not at fault for anything? Do you think that he is the perfect player? Connor McDavid? Yeah. I think he's pretty damn close. Do you think there's anything that he could do better? I would like to see him a little bit better defensively, but I don't even think it, I don't think he's terrible. Like I don't see him make glaring defensive errors game in game out. Please understand, I agree with you. Yeah. Okay. All right. What about you, Donovan? Do you have anything to bitch about? Because I'll come after you. Like a, I'm like a stoat today. <laughs> I'm like a stoat. I'm like a piranha. I'm going after meat. Okay, well, you're not going to go after my first point. My first point after watching that game last night and just watching this whole season unfold for the Oilers, this team has persevered through so much throughout this season, whether that's the terrible start or even last night. They were down 4-1. They looked kind of down and out, let's be honest. They were mm-hmm. down by three goals against a very good Boston team. Most dangerous lead in hockey. And they their goalie did give up a soft goal against Marshawn. Yeah, yeah, yeah no. no. And and Stuart Skinner looked like he maybe have, may have lost, in, lost the net a little bit against Brad Marchand. And I, you got to think to yourself, there's a couple goals that Stu may not have liked from last night, especially the Marchand one. But... The, the team came back, the team persevered, the team showed, showed a ton of fight. So this team is really, really good, and they can fight back from almost anything. So this is not, this is not, the sky is falling. This team is fine. They're a great team. They will be a great team for the rest of this season. Let's see how much this, this fight can, can, where it can get them. Yeah, I agree with all of that. I think this team is worth believing in, and I think a lot of other fans don't believe in them. And I think that's unfair. You know, I, uh, the, the, the amount of talent wasted on the way, absolutely. The amount of mistakes that are made for a team that needs to be buttoned down, absolutely. But you know who else made a lot of mistakes last night? The Boston Bruins. And they're a really good team.
That was a wild game last night. I loved every frame of it. And I guess that's why I'm disappointed today. I thought Edmonton Oilers fans would love that game. If you want to know what the 80s looked like, that was it. But then again, people were mad at Grant Fear the next day too. So there you go. Okay. Oh, and by the way, just I want to linger just a minute. And I want to congratulate the Edmonton Oilers for their pre-game ceremony, uh, for their handling of what was a, a very important event, and for that jersey. Guys, did you see the jersey that they made for the... That is gorgeous. Oh, it looked great. Holy mackerel. I mean, and I was so happy for Joaquin Gage. Did you see how happy he was? It was great to see him there. Gage is always the happiest guy in the yeah. world when he's in his element doing something like that. You're <laughs> always really happy is. for he him. He really is. And Sean Brown, George LaRock was there. It was uh, well done by the Edmonton Oilers and everybody involved. Okay. On the way, this is such an, a unique story. Do you know there's moonlight Canadian wrestlers? There's people you work with. You go to work with them. They sit there and they just, at their, like, like uh, Declan, they just type away. There he goes. And then when they're done, they get in their car and you drive home, but they drive to a gym somewhere and they get involved with wrestling and learning the game and creating a, a persona. And it's wild in the streets. Filmmaker Omar Mualam has a movie out on CBC Gem this week. It's called Making KFAB. We're going to talk to him next. Lowdown with Low Tide on Sports 1440. It's the Lowdown for Wolf GMC Buick. Check them out at wolfgmcbuick.com. You know, there are times in life when somebody suggests a guest and you go, what? what? And you're, you're, you open up an entire world that was unknown to you. And that happened to me recently with a friend who just DM'd me and said, would you like to talk to Omar Mualam about making k uh, Fabi? And I thought, what is that? And we're about to find out, and you are going to be amazed. First of all, welcome, Omar. Thanks for joining us. Appreciate it. Oh, thank you. I'm, I'm so happy, uh, first of all, that Mo reached out to you on, uh, on my behalf. And, and second of all, so happy that I get to be that guest, that, that very puzzling mystery guest <laughs> that comes along every once in a while. Well, uh, first of all, uh, um, it's called Making K Fabi, and it's available on CBC Gem this week, right? So I want to get that out there a couple of times. That's right. Okay. It's, so I, I should let's start by pronouncing it K Fabe. It's okay. a it's a funny word. Uh, I guess we'll probably get into what it all means in a moment, but it is K Fabe. Okay. So let's start there, and it's on CBG, CBC Gem tomorrow. That's right. It okay. premieres on CBC Gem tomorrow. Okay. So let's start here because it. It's about indie pro wrestling, but it's also about a bunch of people who are moonlight wrestlers and are Canadian and doing it in neighborhoods. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. Um, so, you know, kayfabe is this uh, old wrestling term. It is um, sort of the the commitment to upholding the illusion that wrestling is real. Um, it used to be more of like a, an honor code back when wrestlers um, actually, um, you know, when, when they were invested in trying to keep it uh, a secret that wrestling was, was scripted. Nowadays, kayfabe is more about, you know, the, the sort of commitment to the fakery between both the wrestlers and the audience together. Um, but it's also this whole this whole concept of creating a wrestling gimmick. And what I what I love about um, local wrestling is that the people who 
you know, become larger than life caricatures, uh, characters um, in the evening when they step in the ring in your local Legion Hall, um, those people wake up the next morning and they go to their desk jobs. They go teach elementary school classes. They are policy analysts. They are mechanics. They are just the most regular people. And so I wanted to make a movie um, about the regular people that Moonlight is wrestlers. And so, you know, kayfabe, making kayfabe for me was a, a little bit about you and about, you know, deciding what your character was going to be or deciding what your, your angle was going to be. So take us through That's that right. very briefly, if you could. Yeah, thank you. So, uh, yeah, like I said, I wanted to make a movie about the people who Moonlight as wrestlers and why they do it and what they get out of it. And I'm the kind of journalist who loves to throw himself at things, uh, at, at mysteries by actually immersing myself in them. So I thought that the best way to document this um, was to go through the transformation, the, the training and the transformation of becoming a pro wrestler. Um, so I trained for three months to fight a match um, with my subjects and against my subjects. And part of that process was coming up with my own persona, my own gimmick, as they call it in wrestling. And, um, you know, there's a tradition in wrestling where you draw your your gimmick, your your sort of kayfabe from uh, a part of yourself, a amplified, exaggerated part of yourself. So for me, it became very obvious that I wanted to my my persona to be a journalist, but not just a journalist, but like a smug, villainous you know, elitist journalist that kind of represents that, um, you know, the, the, the lamestream media enemy that is, that is often targeted <laughs> by hyper conservative, you know, right wing um, uh, blowhards. So right. I became fake news Neville. That's, that is my wrestling persona. <laughs> I love it. I, I also think that, that in the, in the film, um, there's a chance to see, like the nuts, because I think a lot of people are going to respond to this. I really do. There's, but there's a lot of the nuts and bolts of it, like uh, how to fall or how to take a fall or how to to uh, make an impact, uh, uh, you know, throw down without you know really hurting someone. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's. I think that's the thing that um, surprises people the most. I get asked all the time. Number one question: Did it hurt? Did you get hurt? Um, and you know, really, not. I, I didn't. Um, I mean, I had I had one injury. It was a it was a silly mistake of mine. I forgot to wear knee pads in training one day. Other than that, it 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 was it felt very safe. I was in great hands, but I also went through the rigorous training of learning the the choreography, the mechanics, um, in order to do it very safely. And that's, I think, what people don't understand. Yes, there's a sense of athleticism to it, but it's so much closer to dance um, yes. than it is to to, to like an athletic competitive sport. And even people who are not athletic can be fantastic pro wrestlers if they have the charisma and more importantly, if they're able to memorize the choreography, um, which is actually what I struggled with the most. Interesting. Uh, Making Kayfabe is is, is the uh, name of the film. It's CBC Gem Tomorrow. I'm talking to filmmaker uh, Omar Moellam. And I wanted to, because I loved wrestling when I was a kid. And, and uh, you, mm -hmm. you talk about the, the veil that gets, you know, as you grow older, you become aware of, of scripting and that sort of thing. But my, my least favorite wrestler when I was 12 was a man named Tor Kamada. And here's the thing that I learned as I grew in, in my life. I, when Tor Kamada came out, he'd have a foreign object, and Ed Whalen would go crazy on Stampede Wrestling, and I'd get mad as hell. And then, but you know, 
when I got older, like when I was like 25, I, I, I looked up where Terukamata was in life. And I wanted, he, even though he was the villain, he became my favorite wrestler. And I don't know that, you know, <laughs> I, I wasn't aware of the scripting or anything like that. But, but if you are involved and intensely involved in wrestling, and if, if you love wrestling, you are, then the fact that there is a, uh, something to follow, there's, a, there's an organized mm-hmm. way, a process, as you say, a dance, it becomes less an issue and the enjoyment of the theater of it becomes the thing, right? That's exactly it. And that's how kayfabe has changed over the years. You know, I talked about that honor code where, uh, you know, that wrestlers kept very, um, you know, they, they, they kept it very private. Um, you, you know, for example, in, in the 80s, you would never catch, you know, Hulk Hogan and Andre the Giant sitting next to each other on a plane going to going to an event, um, even if they were great friends. Uh, you would never be seen uh, in a bar sitting next to, to uh, a heel or a bad guy if you were a good guy, also known as a face. But that's changed since the, the late 90s. And there's, you know, there's some um, there's actually a Canadian connection. It has a lot to do with Bret Hart um, and his his transfer to the WCW. And this this, this moment known as the Montreal Screwjob kind of broke the fourth wall. And that's when wrestling started to become more transparent. But uh, about, you know, about it being scripted, but also when it started to blur the lines between fact and fiction and audiences started to respond to that, trying to find out what's going on behind the scenes by the subtext of what's happening in the ring. Um, and so that's, you know, that's kind of how, how wonderfully complex it's become. And I think it's added a whole other layer of enjoyment to wrestling because you're not just enjoying the theater, but you're also sort of enjoying trying to figure out the decisions that they're making, the, basically the, the mechanics behind the storylines. So, uh, um, are there any rules like I, I you know, like I, I when I was watching this, I wondered a million things. I wondered, like, I, I, are you friends with any of the people that you met during this? Because it seems <laughs> like the relationship was very close because once you're a member of this kind of group, yeah. it's sort of like you're in. Right. I certainly felt like I was like I was making friends. And that's that's uh, another one of the big surprises um, and kind of the beautiful thing that I discovered is the sense of community. You know, I, I, I can't speak for what it's like at the in the big leagues, you know, at the at the pro level of WWE or AEW um, or Ring of Honor or anything like that. I'm, I'm sure it's more cutthroat, but at the local level, it's very warm, very supportive. Um, your opponent is also your cheerleader um, and the sense of community. Um, that I found, at least in the, the promotion that I fought for, Lo- Love Pro, it's called Love Pro Wrestling, um, was just, uh, it was really touching. You know, it was um, very positive, very inclusive. I think people will be surprised to see that they do intergender matches. They will be surprised to see, um, you know, that that this, th- this wrestling uh, promotion is, uh, is, is a little bit more feminist or queer friendly. Um, it's, it's not the wrestling that we, we imagined, right? That, that sort of like, you know, hyper-masculine kind of toxic and raunchy um, culture. It exists in some promotions, but increasingly they're becoming much more, I think, um, you know, just, just much more inclusive. Yeah, and I think that that's... Um 
Anyway, I'm not going to get into that about what it always was, but let's let's move on from that. Uh, it's CBC Gem. Is it tomorrow? Yes. Yes, okay. it premieres tomorrow. Tonight we are having a sneak preview, uh, a, a screening of the show um, at the Rec Room in South Edmonton. Nice. Uh, South Edmonton Common. And it's following a wrestling match. So it's wrestling in a movie night. I love it. I, I just love the culture of this. I was unaware of it. I'm thrilled that you are making people aware of it. Omar, thank you. Oh, thank you. This is a great interview. Okay, there you go. Omar Mualam making kayfabe. And I apologize for not getting that name right all the time, but I find this. Did you grow up wrestling? Did you like wrestling as a kid? I was never a huge wrestling fan. I didn't, it just didn't grasp me. I think immediately knowing it was fake took it away from me a little bit. Mm -hmm. And like I, you know, I obviously have such a love for combat sports and seeing what that is compared to the the wrestling world and taking nothing away from those guys. Incredibly talented. The script is unreal. Like it's tough to do what they do, but it just wasn't something that grabbed me as a kid. What about you? Did you ever, were you like into wrestling at all? Uh, I was not a huge wrestling guy, but I, I, I occasionally saw it on television and I, I enjoyed watching it sometimes. There's there's not much better than watching some, some people, you know. It can definitely be enjoyable sometimes. I did like Rey Mysterio a lot. He had a really cool mask, yeah, yeah. so I was a big Rey Mysterio guy. My parent, my dad, Ira, took my mom, Lois, on a date in Lower Mainland in Vancouver. They went to, I don't know what, it would have been called in Vancouver. And they saw a guy named Gorgeous George, who was a very famous wrestler in the 50s. And that was their first date. And we grew up, like, my dad would show us wrestling moves. And then my brother, who was four years older than me, would beat the daylights out of me. We'd watch Stampede Wrestling, and then he would learn he would learn the, the moves. And then I would be, you know, because you're four years younger, you're never going to be able to catch up, right? I mean, much like you've got a four-year-old, uh, four-year-old brother, five-year-old, five-year-old five year old now. Yeah. Now, do you do you do any wrestling or you're oh, a boxer? So goodness. you probably, you know, we love to wrestle. He loves to wrestle, and no. I'll tell you, like this kid gets a look in his eye that I've never seen in another <laughs> human, and he's aggressive. And I tell my my dad, my stepmom, you got to put this kid into wrestling or jujitsu or something because he needs that outlet. Well, I, my my brother always used to say to our dad. He'd say, you know, one day, Dad, I'm going to beat you. And my dad would always say, by the time you can, you won't want to. And you better hope that that's what happens to your, your five-year-old brother. I think in another year, I'm going to start really giving him the business. I'm going to start showing him what's up. You know, not all candies and rainbows. I'll tell you, it toughens you up because, you know, not that I can fight, but I know how to take a punch. I'm going to give this kid a Kimura he's never seen. <laughs> through a table? You're going to put him through a table? or No what's tables. The first step? He no is a tables. Buffalo Bills fan. Yeah, so. that's true. We'll let so. him do that on, on his own when he, gets a, when he gets a part of Bill Mafia. Making kayfabe. It's on CBC Gem tomorrow night. Our thanks to filmmaker Omar Muellam, who really unveiled and, and allowed us to discover a part of uh, our community that I was completely unaware of. On the way, we have hockey rumors. There's a lot of them, but none involving Ryan Nugent Hopkins getting traded. Lowdown with Low Tide on Sports 1440. Lowdown with Low Tide on Sports 1440 for Wolf GMC Buick. WolfGMCBuick.com. They sang so well together. And during the period that we were recording, recording these albums, all hell was breaking loose in their personal lives. That's what makes that band so compelling. Pretty incredible everything was going on, and they still came out with rumors of all albums. You know you what know, I'm talking about? And, and, and you know, you, you backtrack and you hear the stories about, like, some of the lyrics are, are oh, yeah. you know, like, Over My Head is about Lindsay Buckingham. Well, Never Going Back Again yeah. by Lindsay is. Land, yeah. Landslide. And it, you're, you're like, God. And then they punted him from the band 40 years later. Like, what kind of a cad is this guy? You know? I well, mean... 
Talk about your rumors. I'll tell you, though, that song, my goodness. I just picture myself walking out to a sold-out Madison Square Garden to fight Terrence Bud Crawford whenever I hear that. Oh, my days. Well, and we're so close to it. You're just a little ways away. A few years away. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so what's your favorite Fleetwood Mac song? Let's go around the room. Oh, man. Well, I think it is probably The Chain, but I'm not going to say that because we just it's too obvious with us just hearing it. Uh, I'm, I'm big into Gypsy lately. Mm-hmm. Maybe Never Going Back Again. Great song. Yeah, what I about you? Too. Do you have one, uh, Donovan? Uh, I'm going to go with Dreams. Great song. It's a classic. Song. They got so many. I Mine's over my head. It always has been. Yeah. I love Christine McVie. I know she's not the most... You know, well, glamorous or famous of the group, but she say, she wrote so many great songs. I love Everywhere to that point. Uh, I mean, that's yeah, another good song. one. Okay, enough of this. The Have you noticed what the Vegas Golden Knights are doing? They're LTIRing people. Uh, Mark Stone is on IR. We know that Jack Eichel uh, is also on LTIR, William Carrier. Uh, they've recalled uh, Brendan Brisson, Brian Fries, and Sheldon Rempel. So we know that they're not loading up there, but I wonder... If they're going to do something at the deadline, Eichel apparently and Kerry are nearing a return, so they can't long term it. But what they could do is what they always do is put one of them on LTIR in time for the deadline and then have that person not play until the playoffs. And I do think the NHL is going to have to step in because now it's becoming a theme. Well, also, it just it, even if it's not true, there's always a perception, right? You know, you always want to be. That's a key to a good relationship, just so you know, is never allow doubt to enter the relationship. Like, do you, have you ever had any doubt about my opinion about you, Declan? I wouldn't say doubt. I would just say I'm very knowledgeable that you don't like me that much. Well, exactly. Yeah. You, you're never going to come to my house. Yep. You're never going to meet my children. My dog is off limits to you. And that one hurt the most. Uh, probably true. Uh, Canadians have claimed Colin White on waivers from the Pittsburgh Penguins. This 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 is I guarantee they're doing this because they want to trade him somewhere. The Canadians are what I love about rebuilding. I love rebuilding teams. Is you claim a guy and then you shop him. You know, it's just like it's like the sham wow guy. You know, you won't believe this. Unbelievable. Look at this guy. Holy moly, right-handed. Can win face-offs, penalty kill. Oh my. And then it's, maybe at the deadline somebody does it, you know. I mean, maybe somebody will. Um Young Donovan and I had a conversation before the show about Pavel Buchnevich, another name that I pronounce so well. It's like thousands of them. And I like him, Donovan, but he's very expensive. But you are all in on this fellow. I am 100% all in on Pavel Buchnevich. The guy's a, a point-of-game player the last couple of seasons here. He he's, he's big, he's fast, he can score. He does so many things so well. I feel like he would be the most impactful player that you could acquire that's not named Jake Ensel. Mm-hmm. But the thing, the big, huge difference between Jake Ensel and Pavel Buchnevich is Pavel Buchnevich has this year and next year. You get two playoff runs out of a legit top six forward who can bring an impact point of game player on, well, doesn't have Connor McDavid. You put him with Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisaitl, I, I don't know. I, I think he could, maybe you could push him up to 90, 95 points. Do you think he'll, do you think he'd come to Edmonton? He has a no trade. 12 teams. Why, why would he not? That That is well, my question. <laughs> <laughs> you can play with like if you okay if you're Pavel Buchnevich. Let me let me ask you this because he, he the rumor is he's asking for about eight million dollars. St. Louis doesn't want to pay him that. That's that's kind of the rumor. 
and that's why they're willing to to maybe entertain the trade, which it sounds like they're they're very much listening on him. Well, and it does. I mean, based on uh, Jeremy Rutherford's reporting, it does look like they're listening on him. Um, you, what would you have to give up the first round, and then something? And and well, you also have to house that contract next year at five point eight. The Journal had a package for him. It was Fogel, Kulak, Borgo, a first and a second. God, which is a heavy. Heavy haul for Babalu. What else was it? It was Fogel, Kulak, Borgo, a first and a second. And who sent that out? The journal. The journal sent that out. D- yeah. do, do we know who it was at the journal? It was wide degree, wide range of writers over there. It was. Uh, ooh, it was Jimmy. Jimmy Matheson. Yes. Well, Jimmy's. You know, he's connected. So maybe he's. You know, uh, I, the one thing about Fogel and Kulak is it gets you to five and a half mil, right? Well, and that's, then, that's yeah. the big part. Yeah. Now, and then yeah. you're filling in first round pick is going. Borgo, I'm sorry. I, 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 he had good junior numbers. I thought it was a good pick. I had him rated high. He has not worked out and he doesn't like, he, right now he looks like, like getting to the puck is not something he's able to do. And that is a very dangerous sign. You got to wait five years with prospects, but he's in year two and he doesn't look like getting to the puck is something he's going to be able to do. Uh, Jake Gensel is hurt, but. That doesn't mean you can't be traded or won't be traded. Be out for a week, apparently. Um, and Kyle Dubas is being quoted just about everywhere, and he says the same thing, which is basically, "Yeah, I'm listening. I wish they wasn't listening, but I, I, I'm listening." Um, all right. Al, my grandparents went to sell their house back in the '90s. The realtor that came to see them was Tor Kamada. My grandfather was a huge fan of wrestling. I, I would I would hug him, and I hated him. It would be, Edwin and I would go, there'd be a fight, right? And Torquemada would be in it, and then uh, Edwin and I would go, and they bring, it's a foreign object, and I would go nuts. And he would say, no chancey, Mr. Whalen. I loved it. I loved it. I read Jim's article about those trades, but wasn't it the readers submitting it to him? Don't know. I did not read it. This is my friend Declan giving me apparently bad secondhand information. I'm looking so. more into it now, and it, it actually looks like that is the case, yes. Okay, all right. So not Jim's own idea. It does look like that one came in from at Taken Karaya. Okay, good yeah. friend of mine. So Okay, good. good, good of mine. Yeah. So and there it is. Actually, when, he, when I talked to him, it's uh, not Taken Karaya. Mm. So. Kara spelled like Jujakara. So. Well, Creative. You know. Yeah, very I good. I like it. Uh, Craig Button released a top 50 AHL affiliate prospects. Oilers don't have one player on that list. Well, I mean, if Philip Broberg isn't on the list, then he isn't um, qualified to be on the list because, my God, he is absolutely one of the 50 best uh, players in the American Hockey League. I don't think anybody would argue with that. Al, no chancy, Mr. Low Tide. My sta- uh, favorite Stampede wrestler was the Stomper. Saturday afternoon was Stampede Wrestling. Even went to Klondike Wrestling here at the Sales Pavilion. Great memories. I'm unaware, and I'm, I'm blissfully unaware, and I'm disappointed. I was talking to a friend of mine, and they have wrestling in Calgary all the time, and we clearly have wrestling here, too, that I was unaware of. We should go to our, we should do a live at the wrestling match broadcast. Yeah, we can do Maybe that. Maybe somebody could, like, land on us. We could participate. Yeah. We could have a Sports 1440 wrestling brawl. 
Okay, well, no, he anyway. always he always goes too anyway. far, doesn't he? Yeah, next, he just always the listeners goes, would would enjoy that. Everybody, and then oh yes, it's a, oh, in low tide can't move. Oh, that's a shock. Oh, writhing in pain. What about low tide from the top rope? Yeah, that's right, low tide in the ambulance. Yeah, yeah, it'll be great. I always like when the guys who are twenty talk about you know jumping from the top rope, and when you're sixty two, that seems reasonable. See, but that would just be funny. No, it wouldn't be funny. <laughs> Flying man her, maims himself is not funny. The Rangers have recalled Brennan Othman. He's a player that I liked in his draft year. And um, I, anyway, we're talking about Vegas. And, and even if they're honest, even if they're straight up, I think you have to institute a rule. And I think the rule has to be this. And I, everybody's going to get mad at me. I don't care. The rule's going to be this. You have to maintain the salary cap through the playoffs. I'm so, I'm sorry, the foot's coming down because the Vegas Golden Knights have ruined it. They went, they too flew flew too close to the sun. They've ruined it. They have an aggressive uh, owner, and Gary loves to put great teams in the Pacific Division because the orders are there, and. They're, they're, I'm not even saying they're getting away with murder, but once there's a perception of it, then you have to double down on being overly fair. It's like, remember, were you, when you were at boy-girl parties when you were a teenager, did you ever have the hand check? What's the hand check? Okay, you never did. So it's one person abuses the situation, and then there's hand checks every seven minutes, and then pretty soon there's no boy-girl parties. That's what we're looking at right now. You look like you want to say something, but are afraid to. I'm just puzzled. What is a hand check? I'm not, if you don't are, know. You're not, you if can't you, say this you, on air. If you don't know, then you didn't have one of them. Why would there be a hand check at a boy-girl party, boys? The Lightning have placed Alex Barry Boulay on waivers. And they've recalled Cole Kepke this morning. Lots of little moves going on. Lots of teams recalling players that they think might be able to help. Meanwhile, Raphael Lavoie is not moving. And Broberg, by the way, Daniel Nugent Bowman tweeted it out. It looks like it's a couple of weeks now. He had a bruise. It hurt, and it kept hurting, and it kept hurting. He's here now and under observation. He'll be out for a couple of weeks. I think it's important that they get him healthy because I think he might be traded. Low tide, here we go again. Vegas circumventing the rules. I'm going to have $9.5 million cap space for the playoffs. This rule absolutely needs to be changed. I don't know that they are, but what the perception is, is that it's an issue. I brought this issue up with Gregor yesterday. He was incredulous. So you say. Maybe he was just flippant. You know, it's possible. Sometimes incredulous and flippant are very similar, even though they really are not. Careful, LT, your last statement may cost the orders a second-round pick from the rig. Tell me about it. Dan Crawford, Buffalo Bill Cody, best tag team. I wonder if we could do a wrestling show. Could we do a weekly wrestling? Who would do it? You? Oh, we would have to get Brad Slater in to do it. He's a big wrestling guy. Is he? Yeah. Yeah, he is. He would I would not be able to carry that. What segment. if we what if we bribed him with coffee or something? I don't know if he's a big coffee guy, but I'm I'm sure he would do it without bribe. What about I'm sure he would just like to do what it? What about licorice? Yeah, if you want to toss that out there again, like I'm sure he would like it. I'm, do we still have some of those uh, you know, um things in the fridge? Um. Yeah. Okay. The chocolate bars. 
His Twitter handle is I want a donair. There we go. I think so we I found think our bargaining found- piece. <laughs> <laughs> until until you came along, we didn't have any research department, and now we have the best research. What, what could he possibly want? Well, boys, oh, uh, that was funny. No research, like none at all. <laughs> Not even a little bit. That's funny. That's funny. We're sitting here, two lunkheads. What could he possibly want? He looks at his Twitter handle and says, what is it? I want a donair? Yes, it is. I want a donair. So (laughs) I wonder if the bribe might include a donair. Oh, my God. Possibly. Just a thought. And Declan does great research, but that was a home run bit. That that made me genuinely laugh. Okay. Uh, Bag milk on the way. We'll talk a little bit more about the Edmonton Oilers. We've got two games on the weekend, and a couple of wins would come in handy. There's no doubt about that. Lowdown with Low Tide on Sports 1440. It's time for an update.